What's up, y'all? Respect the Chat Podcast going virtual, and we're going to try to bring you audio as well, but this is the new setup for a while here. Mm -hmm. Your boy Mike is here. My boy Ryan is in Pittsburgh. Yep. And uh, we said, let's bring the fans a podcast. Let's get it going. You can find us out on YouTube. Watch us on there. Or hopefully we're going to get the audio version connected. Right, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'll get it done okay. this time for sure. It'll be anywhere you listen to podcasts. Cool. So we'll get you guys going there. I know everybody's requesting for us to be back. The RDC crew is in high demand. <laughs> so we got to bring the fans what they want ton of nfl football going on some great nba basketball happening we'll talk about both those things especially with the playoffs happening and then we're going to throw a little ufc in there um i also got some questions that i want to ask ryan about basketball because yep. that is a nice area of expertise that we have when ryan's on with us even better but let's at least start with football here i know we're watching football today i know your team is playing tomorrow oh, yeah. and we'll get to that and that's going to be a sensitive game right there i'll tell you <laughs> what for all of those pittsburgh fans out there but today the first game buffalo versus indianapolis what did you think um it was well first of all i just want to start as a really good match uh they Col the colts came out right away i thought that they were going to win to be honest uh they Looked really good. Uh, Buffalo still looks good, but their starting field position was really bad for the first, the whole first half. I think they said that the 15-yard line, their own 15-yard line was the closest they started, uh, was the best field position they had for a drive. So I thought the Colts were really going to, you know, make a statement here. And once they failed in the red zone, uh, instead of kicking the field goal, they tried to go for it there. Uh, I think the score was 10-7 at that point, something like that. No, 10, yeah, 10-7 ten uh, Colts. And um, they don't they don't get it, but they're thinking our defense can stop the Bills. They have bad field position, position again. Bills march up, get a late touchdown in the first half. And that's where we saw like a big momentum shift, right? Bills came out second half, hot, ready to go. And... Uh, Colts were playing a little bit of catch-up for the rest of the game. And you get to the end there, and it was just they put themselves in too big of a hole. They got a big stop, a uh, big sack on Josh Allen, uh, where he has the fumble, uh, drops them back 23 yards, and uh, they end up getting the ball back and scoring. But like I said, just dug themselves too big, uh, big of a hole in the second half. But overall, it was a pretty good – it was a really good game, and uh, I'm happy for Bills fans. Wow, great game. Very happy for Bills fans. Very entertaining. Very nice game to get at 1 o'clock on a Saturday. Oh, yeah. And the first day of, um, you know, football, play, uh, playoff football. That that I love. Um, my dad is a big Buffalo fan. My cousin Rudy is a big Buffalo fan. Very happy for them. Buffalo getting a win in the first, you know, in, in the playoffs in a really long time. Absolutely yeah. awesome. I love Josh Allen, 26 for 35, 324 yards and two touchdowns. What a great game. Diggs came correct. Man, I'll tell you what, oh, making yes. a trade for this guy, how that leveled up that team. I mean, Josh Allen working on his form in the offseason and really connecting with these wide receivers as the year went on. Still no run game over there in Buffalo. So really it's yeah. on – Allen's back because not a great defense either. Right. Everything is on Allen, and he handles it. He has shown so much as maturity as a quarterback, as a leader. Unbelievable. But Diggs, they make this trade for him. Six receptions, 128, and a touchdown. Wow. Man, a big catch on that drive. Um, I think it was maybe like the, either his first drive or the second drive when they got the ball. Might have been the second one. Big catch over the middle. Continued to make this drive go downfield. A great catch by Davis on the sideline mm -hmm. in the game that continued to drive as well. Davis actually had two really great um, catches on the sideline. Unbelievable game to come through for Buffalo to show up. The Colts played that meticulous, you know, down the field, long drives. And if they get you into that rhythm, you know, that's not where you want to be. You know, it's kind of like being in there with a fighter who's making you fight his fight. It's it's not going to go your way. Yeah. And they're going to strangle you, you know, slowly throughout the game. And I think the Bills fell into that a little bit in the beginning. And then the Bills went to play Bills football. But could you imagine if the Bills had a run game, how deadly they would be? And just a slightly – I mean, the defense played good, I think, for the, you know, good – 
you know, speaking. I, I don't know how else to say it, you know, as the best that they could, I guess, yeah. at this point. Tredavious White played pretty well. There was a couple key hits in there. Um, a fumble, I thought was a fumble on Pascal. I believe who that it was, and then they overruled it. I think it could the game could have been over even quicker than right. it was there towards the end. But Buffalo had slightly better defense, which I think they played well. But if they could play just even a little bit better, a little mm-hmm. bit step up, and uh, force a couple three and outs, get a little bit of a run game, I think Buffalo could win the Super Bowl. I really do. Wow. I wanted to make this bet with my dad, and I want to say it on the podcast. Okay. That's who I'm picking. I'm picking Buffalo to win it. All I'm right. going to go out, put, put my neck out there. And see what happens. But great win for Buffalo. Wow. Jared Allen, unbelievable. What do you think Phillip Rivers does? He goes to the Colts, old coach and Frank Reich that coached him at, you know, a point in his career. Um, goes to him, plays really well. The Colts do great this year, eleven and five. Go to the playoffs and play well in this game against, I think, a really good team right. in Buffalo, regardless of what we say about the defense in the run game. They bring it together. Um, they, they they win, you know, and they've had big convincing wins. And they come in there and hold their own. Phillip Rivers, 27 for 46, 309 yards and two touchdowns. Where does Rivers go from here? Does he retire, come back, go to a different team? Uh, that's the question, right, is I think that – I don't think – I'll say this. I'll start with saying I don't think Phillip Rivers is done in the NFL. Whether or not he's going to continue in Indianapolis – uh, it's another story. They have a really good team, a really young offense, um, a really experienced O-line. Uh, in terms Offense in terms of the skill players, I mean really young. You have Jonathan yeah. Taylor, Michael Pittman. You have the t- uh, a veteran tight end in Doyle, but you also have yes. Mo Alley-Cox there. You have um, Pascal. Pascal. You have Naheem Hines. You, you got a ton of guys, a ton of weapons right there on that offense. And yes, yes. Going back to that Bills game, I think that they really showed off the weapons that they had, getting their playmakers into space. They had Jonathan Taylor running really well, Naheem Hines running really well. Um, they would get Michael Pittman the ball in space and have him run after the catch. They were doing that well. And he was just, Rivers was just picking them apart with his tight ends. Doyle had an insane game. Uh, all the tight ends played well, but I think that he showed towards the uh, middle to end of this regular season that he he can still play in the NFL. Uh, what he wants to do moving forward, uh, obviously, is up to him. But I think in terms of skill level, I don't. I think we were starting to doubt Philip Rivers uh, towards the end of his career in, with the Chargers. He was very turnover prone, uh, made bad decisions, but he got back to to winning football this season. Uh, he had a great team around him. And I think that there's teams out there that could use him. Uh, whether it's, you know, a role where he's mentoring a younger quarterback um, or or going out there and trying to win football games, trying to get a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in the playoffs, you know, that's had another one of these droughts. Um, but I do think that there's a space for him. I don't think he's completely done. I don't think this loss right here is the biggest deal in the world. I think just getting into the playoffs was big for him just to see that he has a little bit left and uh, making it a competitive game. So, um, I mean, you could be happier with the performance, obviously, but I think in terms of just proving to himself and to other people that he can still play in the NFL, I think he did that. I think he achieved that this season. Yeah, I agree. I think even with no offseason and, you know, program where they could really connect as an offense, mm-hmm. um, him coming over from San Diego to um, Indianapolis and still pulling off that record that he pulled off the playoff berth and, you know, the game that he put up today, I think it says a lot about Phillip Rivers. Because I think a lot of people, I agree with you, were doubting him and saying maybe he should have retired before the season even started and that they definitely hadn't written off, you know, as the year went on and probably into this game. But if anybody tells you after this game that Phillip Rivers should retire, they're crazy. I think there's definitely um, opportunity for Phillip Rivers in the NFL. Like you said, I really like him as a backup role, possibly with a younger quarterback who can mentor him, who if the quarterback isn't successful, Phil, Phil could jump in there and successfully take over and maybe drive a team on a playoff run. You know, like I, I bet, you know, like Philly would like a guy like him. I know, with the Jalen's Hurts, you know, thing and drafting him. But just imagine Hurts isn't there and they got a guy like Rivers who could step in when Wentz ain't playing good or Chicago or, you know, like there's a bunch, San Francisco, uh, Washington. You know, there's a lot of places I think 
Dallas. There's a lot of places where this guy could have stepped in this year if right. he was in a backup role and been very successful. But I think he could still be a starter too. You know, there's a lot of places that in this league where they still could really benefit from a veteran, maybe draft a guy and sit him and let Phil kind of do his thing, kind of like the Fitzpatrick to a mix, right. you know, something, something along those lines. So I don't want to see you retire yet, Cowboy Phil. I love you, and I want to see you back in some capacity. So I wish him all the luck. But Buffalo Bills, man, they are coming. Bills Mafia, they are coming. My dad never heard of this before. I know he, my dad kind of two, three years ago, three or four years ago, I think it was, decided, listen, I got to pick a football team. I said, come with me, Dad. You can come with the Cowboys. We'll welcome you in. you be a Cowboys fan. Nah, no, I'm from New York. I want to pick a New York team. I'm like, what's, what, you trying to say something about me? But he's, no, no, no. He's like, no, you know, I'm just, I don't want to be Giants and Jets. He said, like, I really always like Buffalo. I'm a root for Buffalo. It's like four or five years ago nice. before the Buffalo was really even making a run. You know, I think. Before they even had Josh Patrick, Allen. Yes. Before they even had Josh Allen. He takes the reins and, and, and it, you know, he really doesn't put the work in. He just watches the games, but he doesn't put the work in, in the background scenes of, you know, what the Bills Mafia is and where these guys have come from. But he's bought in now. Beasley and Diggs, Allen, he knows the whole squad, man. He's he's ready to go. But I'm happy for them, and I'm happy for um, the Buffalo Bills franchise to get over that hump and to to push on, man. And I, I got them winning. The second game of the day, Seattle versus um, the Rams, uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Oof. A disappointment to me. I don't know if it was a disappointment to you, was it? Of a game, I just expected more out of it. Um, it was a slow start. It was definitely a slow starting game, a very defensive-minded matchup. It was a little hard to watch in the first half, but uh, from all the games that they had, if you watched during the regular season, they they weren't exciting games for two teams that are pretty exciting to watch. Usually, the games that they had together just weren't exciting games whatsoever. And I think they had like an average I saw of like not below 40 points, the over under. Wow. Uh, the average over under for their games was below 40 points. I don't remember the exact number, but they, it just wasn't an exciting matchup to watch all season. So I wasn't really sitting on the edge of my, you know, waiting on the edge of my seat, holding my breath for an exciting matchup. <laughs> but I think that in the second half, um, they came to play, both teams came to play. Uh, they realize that you know, we got to get our offense going or oh, yeah. we're going home. The playoffs is over. The season's over. So, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's def- It was definitely a little bit of a disappointing matchup in that regard, but my my expectations weren't too high for that matchup uh, to begin with. So, Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I should have had those same expectations. Um and the sense of that it wasn't going to blow my mind type game. But I just, like you said, with the amount of talent on the Rams and on Seattle, right. you got to say to yourself, man, in the playoffs, these two teams, you know, had a pretty good year, a little up and down, but average overall, a good year. And um, with the Rams being 10 and 6 and Seattle being 12 and 4, and the Rams just sneaking in. To me, we're like, oh, this is a game where Seattle really needs to win. This is a team that just snuck in. Arizona could have easily have been here. Um, and, and and the Rams did it with a backup. Walford, you mm-hmm. know, is that his name? Walford? Uh, um, he started the game and he went out very quickly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he got he got smashed, yeah. and that was done. So Seattle's got to win this game, man. You got to come into this game and say, first of all, playing against a backup. Okay, we knock him out. Now a guy who just had thumb surgery – two weeks ago is going to come in. He can't do much. And he didn't do much. Yeah. You know, he was nine for 19, 155 yards and a touchdown. Oof. Oof. But what do you expect from a guy with a, you know, a surgically repaired thumb? Right. So, okay. But Seattle, man, you got to take advantage of that. Here's the problem. Cam Akers, 131 rushing yards. Oh yeah. You know, that defense got ran over, man. That defense is not supposed to have that done to them. Um, Jamal Adams should have got at least two or three sacks this game, I think, which would have affected this game, which he didn't. He needed to get those and be more of an effect for this team. You know, this guy now finally got his first game about uh, um, in the playoffs after playing for the Jets for that long, and mm-hmm. this is where you got to show up. I know he was a little banged up, but I'm a Jamal Adams fan. If I'm going to be out there talking about you, man, you have to actually put in work. <laughs> like, come on. I want to see some work being done. So 
that was a little disappointing for me. Um, and the other thing that was disappointing for me was was Russell Wilson, man. I just didn't see the Russell Wilson in the beginning of the year, throughout the year, and I definitely didn't see him in that game. Um, in the beginning, he's MVP candidate. And yeah. then as the year went on, it slowly dwindled um, to just a quarterback that's half of what Wilson could be, you know? Mm-hmm. He doesn't give the ball up. He stands in that pocket too long. He takes a lot of sacks. Um, he He's – they're going – they try to take huge shots down the field, I feel, yeah. like every single play. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, man. It was a disappointment for, you in, for me in Seattle. They didn't run the ball enough. You know, I was, I was disappointed in that. Uh, would they have run one? Car- uh, Chris Carson, 77 yards – Russell Wilson, 50 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos Hyde, five. It's like, come on. DK Metcalf, 96 yards receiving. Cup, 78. Woods, 48. It wasn't a big passing game. So it was Cam Akers, you know? It yeah. was Cam Akers, and I agree with you. I think Aaron Donald, though, you know, not only the Rams defense played well, Aaron Donald just wreaks havoc. He wins games for the Rams yeah. single-handedly. Oh, absolutely. And – that's what I wanted to touch on is that's where the disappointment comes in for me is the Seattle Seahawks come in with such an explosive offense usually that they just had a hard time getting it going because I, I think you're right. I think those two things go hand in hand. Russell Wilson can't get rid of the ball uh, on time this game and as of late. And I think that is directly correlated to him trying to make a hero play every single time downfield. You can't score a touchdown on every pass. And to me, it seems like either they're running a poorly designed run play that gets blown up in the backfield that Chris Carson either has to bounce outside, make something happen, or he's taking a couple drops, escaping the pocket and looking upfield and making something out of nothing. Um, But you're not going to win playoff games like that, especially against a good defense like the Rams uh, who bring the bring the heat, even if even if they don't have, you know, six guys rushing they can have three guys rushing and still get to you if they are given enough time uh and like you said aaron donald is just a a freak of nature he's going to impact the game no matter what you do no matter what you throw at him he's going to impact the game uh in some fashion so yeah i think that's where that the best looking unit today on the field was definitely the rams defense and, and it showed by far oh yeah shout out to aaron donald pitt alum oh yeah as your go. boy Ryan, H two P. Let's go, man. Let's go. That boy wreaks havoc, man. Um, and the Rams move on. So the Rams now will play. Do you know who they like? I, I don't even know so, that breakdown. So. so right here, for those watching on YouTube, uh, for those yes. listening uh, on podcasts or Spotify, I have it right here pulled up that will explain to you the playoff picture right now um, in the NFC. The Rams would play either the Packers or, depending who wins, the matchup between Washington and Tampa and Tampa Bay, I believe. So, so the way it works is right. The Packers get whoever the lowest seed is. Yes. Um, they play. The lowest possible seed remaining. So, if the Saints win and the Buccaneers win, the Rams will play. Or, so if the if the Saints win, the Rams play the Packers no matter what. Okay. Because they are now the lowest seed remaining. Okay. So Rams most likely will have to see the Packers next round, barring any crazy circumstances. And Barring then, the Bears winning, if the right. Bears win, then the Bears would, then the Packers would play the Bears, and the Rams would play. Correct, and the Rams would play what? the the winner, winner of, of Tampa Washington. Tampa Washington, yes, correct. Okay, okay, so that's just what I wanted to break down for them because whatever, we'll get to that. The Rams move on, Buffalo moves on. Right now, I'm watching, and you're watching, and all of us are watching, but we're recording as well. Mm-hmm. Tampa versus the Washington Football Team. Right. Washington Football Team has no Alex Smith, no Dwayne Haskins. No Kyle Allen, no anybody. Who's the quarterback? What's his name, that guy? Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Come on, man. Holy smokes. Heineke's one for two right now with five yards. It's in the first quarter, obviously, yep. um, of the game. Tampa's winning 3 nothing. Tom Brady, 44 yards right now. Leonard Fournette running well. Uh, Godwin got a catch or so, but, like, 
Tampa's got to win this game, right? Mm -hmm. And not only does Tampa got to win this game, but Tampa needs to blow them out. And in my opinion, and really show who Tampa is moving forward. Let everyone know Tom Brady is the GOAT still. Let everyone know Antonio Brown is still one of the best receivers in the NFL. Leonard Fournette's got to have a decent game. The defense of Davis and White and the rest of those guys over there who are ridiculous, who've had a top five defense all year, play a top five defense. And let this team know what's up with basically no quarterback, very little run game, uh, you know, one receiver in, in McLaurin who's going to beat you, figure it out, play a dominant game, and get this win. I mean, I want to see a good game, but I also want to see Tampa win. Um, but on the other side, man, Washington, they just keep throwing things at you. Um, I mean, things keep getting thrown at them, and they just keep winning somehow, yeah. some way. Uh, you know, a Philly debacle that we could discuss in, if, if we wanted to as well. Of You know, did they give them the game? Washington gets in. I mean, at this point, it could have either been Washington, Dallas, or the Giants in this game right now. And obviously, I would have loved Dallas, but it's not. But, at, you know, it would have been, I feel like, more competitive had it been the Giants or the Cowboys just based on the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. You know, with no quarterback, this guy coming in and having to be, play Tampa's team, tough. Washington has a really good defense, but you can't keep being put out there every game. What are your expectations for this game? Um, Well... Like you touched on, the Buccaneers should come out and they should make a state a playoff statement. They should come out here and say, "We are going to win playoff games with this team that we just put together. Uh, we have the weapons. It took us a little bit in the regular season to figure it out, let everyone gel, but we got it together now. And we obviously have a lower matchup, a lesser matchup in the Washington Football Team. We're gonna come take care of business." And we're ready for whoever we see next. So I think that that's a very important statement in this first game. And I don't think that it spells disaster if that's not what happens. But you start to get a little a little shaky on what they're going to look like in the next few games against harder competition. Teams who have just as good a defense with as Washington, if not better. But that could also score points on the offensive end. That you don't get three or four chances to go three and out knowing that they're not going to come down and score on you um from what it looks like now they're going to play the saints right in the next round if everything goes as expected the saints have a good defense and a good offense um that's going to be a matchup the last time they played the saints if i'm if i'm not mistaken um that did that was week Oh man, it's gonna take me a second to pull that up, but it's okay. Um, yeah, the first—I don't know if it was the first or second matchup, but they looked horrible. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. The Saints. I don't even know out. if they scored. I don't even know if they, they scored. Didn't. Tampa. They didn't. <laughs> they got blown out. And if you can't come out and handle the Washington Football Team, how are you supposed to come in with any sort of confidence against a team that right. has handled you in the regular season? So, mm-hmm. a division rival that's handled you in the regular season. So. Uh, that's pretty much what I'm expecting from this game. You, a statement, a statement win from the Buccaneers. Um, right now, it looks like they're getting off to a little bit of a slow start, settling for a field goal uh, in the first quarter, having to punt. But like I said, you're not going to have these opportunities like you do with the Washington football team that you can punt a couple times, settle for a field goal, and still have the lead. Uh, they're not going to get that against teams like the Saints. So no. No shot. And just a big pick they just had right there. So that's going to be huge going nice. the other way. See, that's what they need. The defense needs to do that. So they get this pick off here, and they're hopefully going to go on a drive. Once I think they maintain this pass rush that mm-hmm. Washington is so good at, I think then they could start to play their game and get Godwin and Evans and these guys down the f- Brown down the field, you know, run four net and then just start chipping away at this team. But I think also um, – it's me not wanting to wake up tomorrow morning 
mm-hmm. and hear every single sports network talk about how Tom Brady, the GOAT, lost to the Washington football team uh, yep. and went over there and it was a failure and see, you know, Bill mm-hmm. Belichick, he needed him. They needed each other because look at Bill. Bill's already out now. Tom wins. It looks like, okay, who does Tom? Tom don't need anybody. He needs himself. Right. He's the man. So I just don't want to hear that whole narrative, the 500 different ways it can go in the sports world if Tom Brady loses this oh, yeah. game. Um, I don't want to hear all that. So that's another thing that I think that's fueling me to kind of say, like, all right, Brady, I need you to have this win, but I need you to really step up, kill it, get these guys out of there, and and step up to that next level in the Saints. But show the Saints. I mean, the, the first time was a fluke. Mm-hmm. This time we're coming for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, Ravens-Titans tomorrow. Whoa, bro. <sighs> what a game. Yeah. What a game this is. Right at I 1 know- o'clock, right? Oh, one o'clock, and I, and and Rich, I know I, I was I was talking with him today. He said he told my sister, he told everybody else. One o'clock comes, it's shut down. <laughs> I'm focused. I'm in the game. I'm going. We're in, and I'm definitely be rooting for the Ravens for my brother-in-law, Rich. Um, I, I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. Um, your sister, my wife, spent a lot of time in the in the Maryland, D.C., Baltimore area, mm-hmm. very much. I think at heart she is a Raven fan. She did roots for the Cowboys because I asked her to, but I know deep down she's a Raven fan. Hmm. Um, what a game is going to be. And a rematch of last year? Oh, yeah. yes or no? Yes. Okay, so this is where a perfect redemption story for Lamar Jackson, no? Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't share your same sentiment with the Ravens. <laughs> uh, as a Steeler fan, I would love to see Tennessee come in here and bounce them out once again. Uh, I think yeah. Tennessee is a really good football team. Uh, they got a little shaky in uh, towards the end of the season after starting out super hot, 5-0, and um, to start out the season, I believe, 5-1 and one at least. Uh, and they have, the, they have the run game. They have the play-action game that's built off the run game. Uh, the part that is very... Scary for them is their secondary. They can get beat deep very often. Um, they are not quick on the ball in the secondary. Once guys get into a little bit of space, they have trouble. So I think that that's my biggest concern for the Titans. But like you said, the Ravens, this would be the perfect redemption story for them after getting bounced out, being the, the super hot team. No one thought they could be beaten last year, except maybe by the Chiefs. Everyone was anticipating that matchup, uh, but they get bounced out by the underdog last year. Now it's a little bit of a different story. Now they're the under, kind of the underdog coming in, at least on paper. Um, they have this redemption story behind them, so I think it's going to be an interesting match. I don't think it's going to be a one-sided match. I think it's going to be very... Very competitive. Both teams want to win. Both teams want to prove themselves in this uh, AFC playoff picture. So I'm excited. Tomorrow's going to be yeah, good. Man. This is a huge one. This is where Lamar Jackson could rewrite his story that all the haters out there you know, want to put the blame on him of last year of of them losing that game against Tennessee. I don't think it was all on Lamar Jackson. If you look yeah. up his stats from last year, his rushing and his throwing, you know, he did like – he went nuts, man. This guy played well, very well. It's more of a team game. And what really happened was Derrick Henry ran down the throat of the Baltimore Ravens defense. And Rich said it on the podcast before the game last year. He said that we need to tackle Derrick Henry. We need to put him on the ground. We can't have him running all over us. That's exactly what he did. Um, I think if the Ravens come out and establish some type of run early on Tennessee's run defense, which I don't think is great, I think their secondary is better than their than their front four. I think that the Ravens could start to move the ball down the field with the run and then let Lamar open it up a little bit and be, be creative. Me and you have said before, Lamar needs to play that backyard football, that, that unpredictable kind of like going on the fly, scrambling around Lamar Jackson football. That's right. when he throws the defense off. You can't be so scripted, I think, tomorrow. You know, kind of let him feel the flow of the game. Let him get into his groove. Let him get have nice drives down the field. Let him run. Let him get his legs moving, you know. Mm-hmm. Let that aspect be a part to pull up some linebackers. And he could dump a couple over, the, you know, over the middle then to, to Mark Andrews or so and be successful that way to open up things for Dez and for Hollywood Brown. 
and uh, Willie Sneed and these guys. So I got the Ravens to win. I'm going to pick the Ravens. You're going Titans, right? Going Titans, yep. Believe me, I love Titans. I love the Titans, man. I love Tannehill. I love A.J. Brown. I love Corey Davis. I love my man, King Henry. Derrick Henry killed it for my fantasy team this year. Mm -hmm. 2,000-yard rusher in the NFL, Derrick Henry. I love the Titans. It's very hard for me to root for the Titans because if it's not the Bills who I think could win, you know, a Super Bowl, I think the Titans are a team that are very capable of winning a Super Bowl. Again, same, you know, Aspect, not a great defense. Run game is good, but Bills game is a run game is good. But that type of team that I wouldn't be surprised if they won it, Titans either. But definitely have to get through the, the the Ravens first. Right. Chicago versus New Orleans. This is a game where I'm like, man, how did the Chicago Bears get in the playoffs? Right. And and the Saints, what a crazy year they had. And they turned out to be twelve and four and very dangerous as Antonio Brown just scores a touchdown. Nice. So, you know, here, here comes Tampa, man. I'm telling you right now, and this, I'm telling you, Antonio Brown is here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what people, it's the playoffs, bro. Oh, yeah. It's Tom Brady. It's it's Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, and they're moving forward. But we'll get to this game because it's on so we can talk about it too. I don't know how it'll sound when people listen to it, but <laughs> it'll, it, it'll be cool. Um I got the Saints in this one. I'm sure you do, too. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. So I really want to spend a lot of time on the next game we're going to talk about. But Saints-Bears, I'm going Saints. I like Drew Brees to have a good game. Um, if he gets hurt and can't pull through for some reason, I like what they got in Tannehill. Uh, I mean, uh, Taysom Hill coming in and backing him up just in case. I don't know. You know, because Chicago's defense is tough. Mm-hmm. They may just blitz a lot and try to put Brees down to try to get him out of the game. Uh I think Kamara plays really well. He he should be playing, right? Should be. Yeah, no. He Breeze has Thomas and Kamara back tomorrow. Okay, good, good. Um, so I got the Saints. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I got the Saints as well. I don't I don't think the Chicago Bears are a playoff team. NFC is a little bit of a weaker uh, of the two conferences. Um, it, it's always crazy over there with the wild card. Uh, you never know who's going to get in. So. I think that the Saints will come out. I think I think the Bears have a little bit of potential. I don't think that they're just going to come out and look like, you know, the Bears were used to seeing uh, because Trubisky the last few games has, has moved the ball. He, he scored. He's put points in the end zone, which is usually very hard for them to do. That's usually our big concern with the Chicago Bears is, okay, they got a, they got a nice defense, but – they can't put up points, so it doesn't. That doesn't help. But uh, Montgomery's been running really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allen Robinson, obviously, is always doing his thing. It's always a matter of who can find him in terms of whoever's the quarterback. But I think Trubisky has been playing a little bit better than expected since being benched, coming back. Uh, he's playing well for Mitchell Trubisky, so that's <laughs> that's a positive for him. But yeah. I think the Saints come out here and win this playoff game and move on to the next one. Okay. No, I agree. Totally agree. Browns, Steelers. Woo! I'll let you take it first. Go ahead and then I'll chime in. I'll chime in. I love this matchup. I don't want to come back here tomorrow night, re-listen to what I'm saying and regret it, but I love this matchup. Uh, the, The Browns, let me tell you, the Browns just have a tough time playing the Steelers at Heinz Field in the backyard, it doesn't matter where they're at. They have a tough time against the Steelers, and we it felt like we were trying to lose the game on Week 17 on Sunday. It felt it almost felt like we were trying uh, in the first opening uh, drive for the Browns. We couldn't tackle anybody, uh, and I was like, okay, well, you know, we're trying to lose this game. <laughs> That's almost what it felt like. And then for us to come back and and almost win it on accident, it felt like. Uh, it was just, it just made me feel like, okay, first game, we, we smacked these guys around like we should have. And granted, they didn't have Nick Chubb in that game. Uh, Nick Chubb was present for this game, uh, even though we had a bunch of guys that weren't playing as well. Um, but I'm excited. I'm really excited. I think that the Steelers need to come out here and play the hard defense that we've been playing all season shut down uh, Mayfield in the offense. 
I think that if we if we slow the run, we don't. There's no stopping that run. Let me uh, let me be very clear. You're not going to stop that run game. They have a very good run game. Very talented running backs. Uh, very one of the best, if not the best, one-two punch in the game. But if we slow that down and we force Baker Mayfield to make plays, he is going to force the issue. And it's something we've seen with Baker Mayfield a lot. He's gotten better. He can make those throws now. But when you force him to do it against his will, that's when he sort of fumbles a little bit, sort of uh, crumbles a little bit under the pressure. But uh, it should be a really interesting matchup. I think I know Baker Mayfield's your guy. Uh, it'll be really Really good to see uh, this matchup tomorrow night. So I'm excited. I'm super excited. I'm hoping Ben. I'm hoping Ben looks like Ben. He's been playing well all season. Uh, my one, if I had to have one thing that I'm scared about, it's being able to move the ball on first down uh, with the run game, getting second and short, third and short instead of third and nine, second and eleven, third and seven. You know, it just setting yourself up for success early on in in the downs can really change the game uh and i know that's not that's not groundbreaking information but go ahead but it's realistic yeah it's realistic that's what needs to happen and i totally agree with you the run game has to be that thing that establishes those early first downs so that Mm -hmm. you're not getting to third down and long and you're forcing you know the issue down the field for whatever reason because i think the secondary of Cleveland is better than what people give them credit for. You know, Denzel Ward, I think, had a great year this year. Um, and I'm not sure anybody else really on that defense it can, can can really say they had a great year. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the line, the Sheldon Richardson and those guys up front played well um, in, you know, being 11 and five mm-hmm. um, played well enough, you know, to give Baker the opportunities to win some games. And um, I love Baker, bro. I really do. You know, that's my guy and all the hate amongst the homies chat that we have <laughs> with Pat and Rich and Frankie and these guys hating on him. Um, I, I, my man always goes out there and he slings it. So this is a tough game for me because I'm not going to go against the, the family ever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah you and pat are family and that's just not going to happen so i i gotta go um you know the the the, the black and yellow all Here we day go. That, Here we that's go. all day um and i think what really needs to happen is you need to protect ben in that pocket mm-hmm. um let ben have a little bit of time to make some big throws to claypool down the field deontay johnson down the field let him get some of those off shock the you know the the uh, Browns a little bit so that they don't have then they have to force to push the ball like you said mm-hmm. and they get uncomfortable because that's where Baker makes those mistakes and right. that's where they start to force things I think getting them down also hurts if they don't have their coach which I don't think they do right now mm-hmm. Stefanski and a couple of the assistants are not going to be coaching tomorrow and that is going to hurt a team who's not who's down one and who can't get into a groove and has to force things right so i think the best thing to do for 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 pittsburgh is jump out jump out to a lead take a couple shots down the field early Mm -hmm. let them know that we're here to blow you out that's what we're looking to do we want to send you off the field asap quick you know that's it and we want to move on so i really like pittsburgh in this game to win um i love baker but not going against the fam gotta run the ball Man, yeah. gotta run the ball, Pittsburgh, and you know a lot of d- injuries on the defense that I think you don't want to have at this time of the year yeah. for Pittsburgh. So making a push after this game, I think, is where they need to maybe get some guys back if they could, um, if they even if they even will at that point. I don't I don't know what that looks like, but I think establishing a really solid game set you up for the next round regardless of what your defense looks like because your defense could be like, all right, let's show up, let's play who we are, let's be our identity. Fitzpatrick Minka needs to play a big, huge game oh, yeah. back there and, and, and TJ Watt as well really need to step up for this defense as they have all year. So I don't think that they, you know, I, I have no doubt that they will continue to do that mm-hmm. and establish yourself, establish yourself on offense and win this game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we need to also, not drop the football like we've been doing. That'd be that'd be good. Um, all season, and I think we'll I think we'll be in a really good position. Like you said, uh, with the coaching, 
with the lack of coaches for for tomorrow's matchup. I think that if we come out and, for lack of a better term, give them the the punch in the throat, punch in the face, right off the rip, um, I think that we'll have put ourselves in a good position to finish the game out, close them out, and jump ahead and never look back. So I'm really excited for the matchup. Um, hyped to be in Pittsburgh with surrounded by oh, yeah. Steeler fans. You know, ready for the, ready for a playoff, hopefully playoff run. Um, and I'm excited. I'm really hyped for that for these playoffs. So, oh, that's a night game too. Oh Ooh. my gosh, the home the homies chat is gonna be the hottest it's ever been. Oh yeah, in in the world, in oh, the yeah. world, there's not gonna be enough um, gifts and memes <laughs> and and hate mm-hmm. and love and all these things happening. Because if the Ravens win, and then it's Pittsburgh's game. Rich is going to be fired up, so he's going to be talking. Yep. And he's going to be getting things going. You guys are going to be getting things going. Frankie always jumps on board <laughs> with Pittsburgh as well. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. So I can't wait for that game. Absolutely. Um, let's jump to a little NBA. Okay. Um, it's early early in the season, but um, the Pacers are lead the East. Then it's the Sixers. Then it's the Celtics. Um which really those three teams are pretty much neck and neck. The Pacers are six and two, Philly seven and three, Boston seven and three, Orlando six and three. So they're, they're, they're right there at the top. Like I said, still very early. Milwaukee a little disappointing for me at, at, at five and four. And even when I watch them, the Knicks, bro, the Knicks are five and four. <laughs> the, the Knicks are better than Milwaukee right now. Yep. Like that's awesome. That's awesome. And though I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, I switched over. Mm-hmm. You know, last year I said I'm done. Once we didn't make any move for Durant, um, I was I was hopeful again and thinking about coming back once they signed Thibodeau to Knicks. But then I was like, you know what? I'm a Brooklyn guy. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, at heart, born and raised there. And um, I I, I got to go with the home team. Forget about the Knicks. But I'm happy for the Knicks at five and four. Brooklyn is at eighth and five and five. But Brooklyn's gonna get going. And we can talk about this in a couple minutes of these back-to-back games. Right. You know, Brooklyn stars aren't playing as much as really they would be. But good for the Knicks at five and four. But let's stick with Milwaukee for a second. A little disappointing, right? Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely agree. Um, it's really tough to see the struggles that Giannis has had early on. Uh, he's been feasting on the on the lesser teams. Uh, that's to be expected. But he's really having a tough time. Um, exerting his force like he, like he has in the past, uh, he gets in the lane, he does his classic spin move, and there's someone waiting for him on a, taking a charge. There's someone waiting for him to block his shot, and I really think that it's going to come down to, can he be diverse? Can he mix it up somehow to get the rest of the players involved without turning the ball over? He Takes, he has the ability to take over games and completely uh, impose his will on the other team. And he we just haven't seen it yet. Granted, it's early on, like we've been saying. Uh, it's a very long season. Uh, but I, I just need to see that from him this season because he's received a lot of hate uh, for a back-to-back MVP. He's received a lot of doubt that, okay, he's a regular season guy. His style of play doesn't carry over. Doesn't isn't winning basketball. Someone's in in terms of a series, like what the playoffs are in the NBA. Someone's going to figure out you out by game two or game three, and shut you down. It's hard to win five games, four games, in a series when you do you got the same two moves: a, a euro step dunk and a spin move dunk. It's <laughs> it's tough. It's tough to carry your team past a certain point with with only a, a very limited set but I, I do like the guys he has around him now I like the Bucks picking up Drew Holiday that's huge for them I think he plays he's a great on-ball defender uh, he can space the floor he can create uh, he does a little bit of everything he's a really great player it's good to see him on a good team and uh, Chris Middleton does his thing uh, he could shoot he could defend he could rebound I, I think it just comes down to Giannis. Uh, I think it comes down to what type of player is he willing to be for the rest of the season. Uh, is he willing to even take a back seat when he needs to, to Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday and crash boards and, and get blocks and play defense and be that sort of guy that just wants to win. Uh, I think it'll come down to that for for the Bucks this season. But 
Very surprising early season rankings. Uh, you've got the Magic in there. You got the Knicks in there. Teams that we don't normally see. And then you got the Heat down a little bit towards the middle to the bottom who were just in the finals. Granted, it's yeah. early on, like we keep saying, but uh, it's going to be interesting to look at going forward. Oh, yeah, definitely. As the Washington football team scores. Nice. Um, so I'll keep you up to date on that score as well. Because mm-hmm. like I said, we'll watch nine to seven pending a extra point made by Washington. Um, so this game is competitive. Hopefully y'all watched it when you hear us tomorrow. Are you putting this out tomorrow? Uh, it'll be up uh, tomorrow morning, yes. Okay, perfect. Um, so this is what I want to try to do. I want to just I, I want to each episode when we do this until we go pretty much full basketball mm-hmm. once football season is over and I mean a lot of basketball and then you know sprinkling the rest of our stuff is I want to just ask you about these couple teams see what you think add a little bit of my own knowledge and then we'll be able to and then we'll you know we can close out the podcast but I want to just go over a couple teams here okay. so we went over we went over Milwaukee I wanted to stick right there with Miami and I, and I that was interesting at three and four Jimmy Butler gets hurt early um I don't think Bam is playing Bam type basketball this early in the season. He's not that all-star that he was last year, at least so far early this year. I know it's early, but I think he needs to take that step up when, when, you know, Butler is not there or to supplement, you know, Butler when he's on the bench and, you know, and, or even the starting lineup when Butler's with him, Bam needs to score more points and be more aggressive. Um, Tyler Hero needs to make that step up. These are two guys who I know can be multiple year all stars and really need to continue to step it up and in order for their team to be better. You mm-hmm. know, I think Miami is obviously going to be better. It's early. But does Miami need somebody else? Do they need to make a trade? Who do they need to make a trade for? Mm-hmm. Um, or are they okay with this team? And can they win the chip? Could they go back, you know, make a run and then go back and win playoff games with this same team? Um, I mean, they added they added um, Avery Bradley, right? Right. Great defender. Mm-hmm. So, did they need more than that? I think that in terms of the Heat so far, um, obviously, I I agree with the play of Bam Adebayo has been not what we're expecting so far. And I know we keep saying it's early, but if we want to take a look at uh, their schedule so far, they've played a really tough schedule. Uh, they've played the Magic, who surpri- are su- on a surprising run. They've beat the Pelicans. They played the Bucks twice. They played the Mavericks. Tw- uh, they played the Mavericks once. They played the Thunder. They played the Celtics, and now they're playing the Wizards. That I believe they are ahead in that game. I could be wrong. Yes, they're they're gonna. Looks like they're gonna win that game. They're up eleven, the fourth. Uh, but until until now, they've played teams that are right in the top or middle in the playoff picture so far, and teams with really solid, um, well-rounded teams. And I think that if they're going to want to continue to be a threat, even in the Eastern Conference, they're going to need to buckle down be and see that this is not the bubble anymore you know uh i think that the lakers and the heat as we know had the shortest off season in the history of major major sports right uh in the united states obviously the recent history um the lakers on the other hand made all sorts of acquisitions that really helped strengthen their team where it was weak um, it really gave help to LeBron. He doesn't have to handle the ball every time up the floor. It really gave help to AD where he can play the style he wants to play without having to get in and do all the dirty work um, and and just have other scorers on the team that are reliable. Uh, back to the Miami Heat, I think that they had all the same circumstances as the Lakers, but they didn't go out there and they didn't make those same level of acquisitions as the Lakers would. And it, like you said, Avery Bradley is a good acquisition, but he's not going to change the whole dynamic of your team. He, he's going to supplement what you have already. And if you're superstars like Adebayo is supposed to be, like Jimmy Butler, and your, your 
supplementary scorers and role players aren't playing to the level they should be, uh, one or two guys that you just picked up are not going to make that make that difference. I think your core guys need to really be playing a lot better than they have been. So in terms of the Miami Heat, I think that's their problem. Is yeah, sure you can they, you could always pick up someone that'll help. But I think right now it's just the guys who are there need to start playing better. They need to start playing at the level they know they can play at. And we all know that they can play because we just saw them uh, very recently. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, t- totally, totally agree to as um, Antonio Brown gets an end around and runs for 22 yards. Great nice. run. This guy's going off, bro. Let's go. Antonio Brown is playoff, playoff uh, Tony. He's coming <laughs> out. Um the Philadelphia 76 is the third team in the East I want to stay with. Right. And then I'll ask you about some, a couple, uh, three teams in the West. Okay. Philadelphia 76ers, new coach Doc Rivers, um, kept Ben Simmons, kept Joel Embiid, added um, Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, did anybody else join that force over there? Um, have, Dwight Howard, right? Right. They have Dwight Tobias Howard Harris as well. Tobias Harris, yes. They have, um, uh, shoot. Any other new acquisitions another, besides? A, another member who was just on the Lakers. Uh, Danny Green. Danny Green. There we go. I was yep. about to say yep. his, his name was escaping me. but Okay, Danny Green is there as well. Okay, okay. And then they have so, some role players, but go ahead with your question. So, so now I say to myself, okay, basically the same. Got the core guys in Simmons and Embiid. Added Danny Green, another shooter. Added another shooter step us in in Seth Curry, mm-hmm. so maybe they thought shooting and spacing was their issue. I don't know. This is what this tells me. They, you know, new coach. Okay, maybe they thought that you know, uh, what what's what was his name? Brown, the old coach from last year. Do you remember his name? Uh for the Sixers. For the Sixers, yes. Uh man, uh Bruce, Brett Bruce Brown? Brown, Bruce Brown, Brent Brown. Brent Brown, yeah, whatever. Who cares? I think Bruce Philly Brown's fans. the player. Get- he he played for them. <laughs> or he played for Detroit. Whatever his name is, whatever the yeah. coach of the Sixers is out, and Doc Rivers is in. Maybe the coach was the issue. Whatever it may be, you know, get at me, uh, Group Home. I know Group Home has been asking about the episodes. He's in bed. Come on, man. You can't even get uh, Brent Brown. Brent Brown, yeah. Brent Brown. I came up with that. I wasn't even looking down. Brent Brown. That's his name. Brent Brown out. Maybe it was the coach's thing. Maybe we needed spacing. Let's get Seth Curry. Let's get Danny Green. I don't know. I, maybe the thought is have you know Ben Simmons felicitate still and give it to these guys and then Embiid, you know, do Embiid things. But I still think they, them together, are are not what this team needs to be successful. And I think me and you have talked about this before, and you can elaborate on it. We both feel that Ben Simmons should not be playing the point traditional point guard spot, right? Yeah. Uh, I I just think that, um, first of all, I think the Sixers stink. Let's go. Right now they're at the top (laughs) of the East, and they've been playing good basketball. I'll give them that. They haven't played a great schedule yet. But they are playing good basketball. And like we were saying, I, you said I'll elaborate on, I think Ben Simmons needs to give up his his feeling that he's a point guard. I, he's a great passer. He's a great facilitator. But so is LeBron James. So is Nikola Jokic. They don't play the point guard position. There's something in his head that he has to play the point guard. He has, it doesn't make sense to me. If he played more of a style like... Like, um, like Jokic even. I know Jokic is a completely different player, but a little bit, if he developed his mid-range to back-to-basket game, caught the ball around the elbow, that area, I think he would be a very dangerous player because he could pass out of that. He could turn face up, get to the basket. He can catch lobs. And if they got a more traditional scoring point guard, shooting point guard, something like that, I think that they could be a really good team. I think that they have the the weapons to do it, but I agree. The way they're at right now and that duo of Embiid and Simmons is not going to win any anything more than a first-round playoff game. And it, the style they're playing at, unless they make some drastic changes, is not is not sustainable for today's NBA, in my opinion. No, I agree. I agree totally, and I agree with the schedule, man. Playing a, a soft schedule right now. Washington, New York, Cleveland, 
Toronto, that's a hard team. Orlando, okay. We'll give, not we'll this give them season. that one. <laughs> right. Um, Charlotte, Charlotte, Washington, Brooklyn, okay, and Denver, okay. But you're playing the Washingtons, the New Yorks, the Clevelands, the yeah. Toronto, who's not been playing great, um, you know, like Toronto. I mean, it's still early. Um, but Charlotte, twi- like this is like, man, come on, Philly. You you should be really like way better at this point. But mm-hmm. so should Miami. Okay, so that's what the Sixer fans are going to say. You say the same thing about Miami, Mike. So, yeah, okay, let's let's trash the schedule right now, and let's just go back on what Le- Ryan is saying. We want Ben Simmons out of the traditional point guard spot. And what we mean by that is like what Ryan is saying, yes, you can even call him a point guard if you want. I don't care what you do. You don't ha- you don't have to put him in a, in, in a small forward spot if you don't yeah. want to, but just don't play him as the guy bringing up the ball, you know, a majority of the game or that the ball needs to be in his hands coming up the floor, you know, in the traditional sense and setting up a half court offense or whatever. Let him play off the ball, you know, where he can, you know, like you said, catch it in the block, a a jump hook, pass it from the block to those to those outside shooters mm-hmm. and then every now and then on a fast break bring it up or switch it up like Jokic does and and start felicitating that way but make it surprising make right. it in the moment make it flashy don't make it you know like you know what he's going to do when he brings mm-hmm. it up he's going to dribble drive and kick it right. or shoot a layup that's what he's going to do and that's just to elaborate on that for for people who may be listening that aren't big basketball um followers or, or more casual fans they might be saying what's the difference why are we making such a big deal about this and i think you you really emphasize it with there's no surprise when he brings the ball up what he's going to do with the ball if you have someone like i'm using a very a very uh tough example here with steph curry damian lillard guys like that jamal murray when they bring the ball up you're not exactly sure what they could do with it they can hit you from three, four feet behind the three-point line if they wanted to. They can take you on the dribble. They can run the pick and roll. They can take a step back. They can do a lot of things with the ball. Not saying Ben Simmons has to be that sort of guy in order to run the point guard because there's tons of point guards who don't do what those exceptional examples do. But if you're a team like Philly and you, your best player is your center, right? Joel Embiid, I'd say, is their mm-hmm. best player. There's no, there's nothing surprising about what they're going to do when he brings the ball up. He's gonna pass, he's gonna cut away. He's gonna get a pick and roll. He's gonna pass, and he's gonna. He's not going to to surprise you with what he's doing. He's gonna either try to take you to the hoop, score in that fashion. And I know it's easier said than done to stop it, but same thing we were saying with Giannis. Once you get a series against a couple of guys, you start figuring them out. You start scheming them up. They have great minds as coaches in the NBA. They have analytics. They have film. You're not going to beat a team that you can't catch off guard, that has a perfect game plan for you, and they know you can't do anything else. You're not going to beat another team in the NBA that knows exactly what you're going to do on any given point. So, No. No. Definitely not. So mm-hmm. step it up. Sixers, get a trade. I don't know. We could talk about that in, in later episodes uh, about what we think. How are we on time? Uh, we're sitting at an hour right now. About to okay. approach an hour. Okay, let me try to keep it right there in an hour. We won't force any UFC because we have the main card podcast to right. that, which I want to do an episode with that with, with you very soon, if not like tomorrow. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, so let me just talk about one Western Conference team that I wanted your opinion on, and then we can wrap up the episode. Okay. And the reason why I want to look at this team is because I think this team is good. I just don't know what's happening right now. Okay. The the the, the um the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Uh, I think they're way better than five and four, um, but five and four is pretty good with a team that they have. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think is wrong, and tell me who could they trade, possibly trade to get to help this situation out. Oh well. They're a very interesting uh, situation, obviously, with the injuries and as I'm trying to pull up their... Sorry for all of you listening. um, I'm trying to pull up the Golden State Warriors right now on the screen so that we could just take a look at their schedule. 
for and that'll pop up too. Check. How about y'all? Shout out to the, the Milford, Pennsylvania hat. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. Got this from Christmas from my wife. There we go. All right. But, uh, yeah, the Golden State Warriors, um, it, it's crazy how we see the impact of Clay Thompson uh, every single game, right? Mm-hmm. When Steph draws so much attention, he has a guy that he could just swing the ball to and – you got to respect that guy's jump shot because he's probably the second greatest shooter of all time by the end of his career if he gets healthy, right? We're, we're saying Steph has got to be one. And if Klay Thompson kept on the pace he was at, he would pass guys like Ray Allen and Reggie Miller. He would pass guys like that. Uh, right now, dealing with the severe injuries he's been dealing with, uh, it's re- it's going to be really tough for the Golden State Warriors. So, um if you're going to try to replace someone like that, I think that the only way to do it is is to try and find a carbon copy. It's very hard to do, but someone who you could kick the ball to and it, you know that that ball is going in, right? You, they don't need much room. They don't need to dribble. They don't need the ball in their hands for the entire game to get a rhythm like some of these guys do who are on the team now. They, he, he just needs... A shot. He just needs a quick pass, and he's he's letting that thing fly. So oh, in terms yeah. of pickups, some names that I could just throw out, which who knows if they're even possible, but um, I'd say guys like guys like Duncan Robinson, guys like Joe Harris, um, guys like uh, even even uh, the rookie that the Kings just acquired, Tyrese Halliburton from this. From this uh, draft, he can shoot the lights out of the ball for some odd reason. He has a weird-looking jump shot, but he's playing <laughs> super well for the Kings, not to get off track, but yeah, um, just guys that you can trust without them needing the ball a ton. And I think that the guys that they have now, I think we're seeing Kelly Oubre struggle uh, because he knows that he, when the ball gets to him, he that's his opportunity, right? And Phoenix, they were kind of just playing around. As I sorry, my girlfriend just popped in to say bye because <laughs> I'm taking an hour. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, um, in Phoenix, it was more of a. It was more of a, get the ball. I can create. I can take my space. I'm the guy to score here, right? Now he's playing with. Steph Curry, who draws so much attention that oh, yeah. when you get the ball, you almost feel obligated to do something with it. Uh, and right now, he's, we're just seeing him struggle. It's early on. Mm-hmm. He's trying to fit in a new system. And I think that these guys are going to start playing a little bit better uh, down the stretch. Getting Draymond back would be huge for them as much as we like to um, – as much as you know, some guys aren't a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that if he was on your team, you'd be happy with him, right? He's that oh, yeah. kind of guy. You hate to play against him. You love to play with him. Um. So, I, I'm hopeful for the Golden State Warriors. It would be nice for them to be good again. Uh, they're an international brand now, oh, yeah. thanks to Steph Curry. Uh, they're a big team in the NBA, and it would just be it would just be nice to see them be good again. A sort of redemption story, but Steph Curry's playing MVP caliber basketball, uh, and they're five and four. So, uh, they definitely need to step some things up. I think they have the right pieces in play. I think that the pieces they have now need to be converted to more of a role, a backup role. Um, maybe not off the bench, but maybe not playing as big a minutes. Like if right. if you if we saw Draymond Green and Clay Thompson out there, these guys would be supplementary to the team. That we wouldn't be reliant. Uh, we, the Golden State Warriors wouldn't be reliant on guys like Kelly Oubre to do most of the scoring, or Andrew Wiggins and guys like that. So exactly. Uh, to answer your question, and after I did a twenty minutes trying to <laughs> explain, I'll take it. I needed. Yeah, that's great. That was great. Yeah, I think I think they have some hope for upcoming if i can give a prediction i think they would probably be on the nine eight nine ten seed in the west um once it comes down to it so 
that's my prediction for them right now. Hopefully, okay. hopefully they step it up. All right, yeah, I just wanted to see what you thought about Golden State because I think they're a team, you know, in, in, in the middle there of the pack, you know, hoping that they stay in the middle of the pack, mm-hmm. who could easily fall. Uh, adding Wiseman this year I think was great, and I think he stepped up early really well. He's definitely going to be a really good player in the NBA. But right. I agree with you. I think Wiggins and Oubre are doing too much on a team right now that they're really not used to carrying that load. And I don't even think they could. Right. Uh, uh, their game is not capable of doing that. You know, with I know the loss of Clay Thompson, you want to supplement with two guys who really should be able to do that, and they haven't. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I, I like those pickups of getting a guy who could space the floor a little bit more mm-hmm. like Clay Thompson t- does in Duncan Robinson um, and, and a couple of other guys you mentioned. I think maybe – Buddy Heald, maybe a guy at Sacramento, you mm-hmm. know, maybe they don't not quite sure what they want to do with a Buddy Heald. Maybe, maybe you know, Golden State can make a move for him because I think he could play that combo um, guard where he can spread the floor and shoot right. the rock, but he can take some of that weight off of, off of Steph's shoulders. You know, I think um, that's a I really think, good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe a guy like that. You know, I know a guy late in his career. Um, in in Derrick Rose isn't the healthiest at all times. I mean, I think he just got injured, matter of fact, too. But he's he can play explosive ball. Maybe you're getting a guy like that where you can, at the end of his career, just for a year, get a guy who can get you a ton of points, man, in that second unit, run that second unit with, with Pascal. I think Pascal's a really good player for them, um, Golden State. Uh, is that his name, Pascal? Er, yeah, Eric Pascal, yeah. Eric Pascal, man, I like that guy a lot, man. He he's 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 a weird, you know, height where guys, big guys, don't quite know what to do with him, mm-hmm. and small guys he outpowers, and he got range too. So maybe Derek Derek Rose running that unit, um, or even the first unit helping Steph out a little bit off the ball could 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 draw some of that attention away from Steph that Steph could do his thing, um, and just light him up even more. So I think there's a couple moves out there to make. Uh, for Golden State, but we just wanted to bring you guys an episode. Yep. Respect the chat is here. We're oh, gonna yeah. get this out in the morning. Hopefully, um, I don't know if it's audio and video tomorrow or tomorrow will be both audio and video. Yes, correct. Okay, okay, beautiful. So let us know what you think about it. Leave some comments in the YouTube uh, channel about what you want us to talk about. Give us some topics, or maybe you guys have trades that teams can make in the NBA. And in the coming weeks, it's more NFL football. It's uh, more NBA. It's going to be some UFC in there. But me and Ryan also have the main card podcast, which is strictly MMA, which we have a huge bunch of fights coming up here in the new year. And I want to talk to Ryan about his early predictions with those on the main card podcast and also some of like the some of the superstars that we're going to be seeing in 2021. It could be even crazier of a year for the UFC. So respect the chat, man, RDC crew. We miss Rudy and Frankie. Hopefully that we'll get them on with us, but we're definitely going to have the <laughs> champ on too and oh, a yeah. couple other people who you'll be introduced to. So um, that's it for me. I'm out. Rye, you out? Peace. Peace.